<laughs> well, thank you all again for, for coming. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're, we're still in our relationship series. If you want to put the, the first slide up there, we've been calling it re- Relationship Status. And there's all kinds of relationships that we need to figure out in life. And, you know, God has given us instruction. He's given us the steps. And he's given us some incredible promises that if we follow his steps and follow his plan, we can have incredible relationships. Right? We can have meaningful relationships, people we can count on. Uh, people that when, they, when those people let you down, the relationship's not broken, right? And, and we all let each other down somewhere uh, because we're not God, Right? He's, he's never going to let us down. We let each other down, but, but our relationships can last through all of the stuff and through all of the storms. And so that's what we've been looking at uh, for quite a few weeks. Uh, we're going to continue that tonight. And tonight is going to be kind of like the culmination of most of what we've seen already. Right? Some of the pieces are going to start to come together, hopefully. Uh, hopefully it, it's made sense all along the way. But hopefully you'll see tonight as, as we get through some of this material that, man, Okay, we saw that a few weeks ago, and then the week after that, and the week after that, and this is how it all fits together, right? And that's how I can apply it to my life. And so tonight's a little bit different in that we're going to try to get really, really practical. I mean, I, I'm always trying to give practical handles to what God's teaching me uh, to you guys so you can get it as well, but, but there's going to be a lot of really practical stuff, hopefully. And we're going to look at a, like a step-by-step process. And, and we are going to look specifically at dating relationships, okay? That doesn't mean this information does not apply if you're not dating, all right? Or, or if you don't plan on dating any day soon, right? If that's, if that's not you, don't, don't freak out. Don't feel singled out. And I didn't mean that single term. <laughs> that wasn't intentional. Look, there, there, there are keys and principles and things that we can learn and apply to every relationship in our lives, and, and we're going to see some of those again. And so if you're just having trouble getting along with mom, that's a relationship. That's an incredibly important relationship. You can use these principles, okay? And so anything you've got going on in your life, anybody you've got in your life, you know, you need to know this stuff so that you can grow and, and be meaningful to other people as well. So, um, you know, the, the problem with very practical messages is that a lot of times you'll get one of two responses and, and not the response you're looking for. A lot of times you, you give something really, really practical and you get it from somebody you respect and hopefully, I mean, I hope you respect me. That's, that's not the, the purpose of saying that, but say that, that I would tell you, look, man, I, I just, I, I don't do rated R movies. Can't do it. All right, and so you say, well, I, I respect Matt, so you know, he must know some things from God and so I'm never, ever gonna watch rated R movie, because Matt doesn't watch rated R movies, right? Well, that's, that's fine, and you'll be fine not watching rated R movies. That, you won't miss out, right? But why? Why do you not watch rated R movies? I don't do it, because the Lord has, has said, look, there's, there's stuff in that movie you probably shouldn't put in front of your eyes. There's stuff in that movie you shouldn't let inside your ears, right? And, and so it's just, it's a case-by-case evaluation, and well, they gave it that rating for a reason, that's, that's not for me, okay? So if you are having, th- that's, that's my relationship with the Lord. He's made me convicted in certain ways. He's led me in certain ways to say, okay, well, there's some things I'm gonna leave out of my life. I have the liberty to do so, right? I'm free from that stuff, all right? And so a lot of times, somebody that doesn't really understand or doesn't have that relationship with the Lord says, okay, if, if Matt does it, that's what I'm gonna do. That's, that's great, 
but you can't have a relationship with God through me. So if you're not going to do something or you are going to do something, make sure that you're going to do it or don't not do it because God has prompted you that way. Right? Don't, don't try to live through my relationship with God. He's going to convict me in certain ways because of who I am, because of what I've experienced, because of what he wants me to do next. Somebody's calling Vic. Huh? Sorry, embarrass you. Um, yeah, God's calling. So the, uh, the other response, the other, the other thing that happens when you get really practical, when I say this is how my life works out, this is, this is what, when God hits me with this thing, this is how it plays out in my life. If you disagree, the opposite reaction of following everything that I do to a legalistic standard, to try to be spiritual in my eyes, which won't help you, by the way, the opposite reaction is that guy doesn't know anything he's talking about. I disagree with that thing he's talking about, so I, don't, I won't listen to anything. And what we often fail to do is take the practical and be mature with it and say, okay, mine's not exactly like that, but I can, I can learn from that. And somehow, I can take those things and I can apply it to what God's doing in me and what God wants me to do. So, so hopefully tonight, we can land in the middle somewhere and, and we can do you know, what God wants us to do with this information. It's kind of like 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 6 and 7. Paul was writing to the, uh, the church in Corinth. He says, I, I speak this by permission and not of commandment. Like he's laying out all of these things to the church in Corinth and saying, look, this is what God said. Don't, don't do that, right? Flee fornication. You know, don't make up legalistic standards. Like he's, he's going through all of these things. God said, do not do these things. This thing that I'm going to say next, I'm just going to tell you this is, this is not a commandment from God. This is my experience speaking. There's going to be some of that tonight. Okay, There's some experience that's going to be speaking that, that God didn't necessarily say, this is wrong, don't ever do it. This is right, always do that. Okay, So we've got to be able to glean in between. I just made that up. Okay, He says, this is not commandment. I would have that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God. One after this manner and another after that. He, he's saying, man, I wish you were all single like I am so that you could focus on the Lord with everything you have. So if we're going to take a legalistic approach, we say, well, we can't get married. Paul's not married. He said, he, he wished, no, he says, I, I speak this by permission. I wish you would, you would stop worrying about all those things and just worry about the Lord. But I understand that's not the case for everybody, Okay. So what we need to do is, is take the, the approach from 1 Corinthians 13, 11. We saw this last week when we looked at love. He says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, right? It's time for us to grow up and, and not overreact or underreact, but Lord, what do you want me to get out of this, all right? So a huge part of gaining maturity in our walk with the Lord is knowing what to do with our liberty in Christ and our legalism from the world. Right, we've got to find out where we land. We've got, we've got incredible liberty, what things we're allowed to do, and then there's things that, that we need to stay away from. All right, so before we get started, that was, that's just our intro to the intro. Let's go ahead and just pray real quick. Let's, let's just give our hearts to the Lord and just ask him to, to help us land where we need to land. Not to make legalistic standards, but at the same time, not to... Not to ruin our liberty in Christ. Help us to land in a mature way and get what he has for us. Lord, we are so thankful that, 
Uh, you want us to spend time with you. Uh, you desire to know us better. You desire us to know you better. And uh, you want us to, to cry out to you and talk to you and read your word and find out your heartbeat. Lord, tonight I pray that you help us to see and get some very practical handles on some of these relationship details that, honestly, they, they seem to evade us all the time. And uh, we need some help, and um, we need your help. We, we desire to do this thing your way because you've made incredible promises, and we want to we take hold of those. We want those in our life our lives, and uh, Lord, we just ask that you soften our hearts, we ask that you give us wisdom and discernment, and help us to make some decisions to, to move forward in the right ways. Uh, we love you so much, we pray these things in Christ's name, amen. Alright, so I've got a picture on here somewhere, there, there it is, that's the American dream, right? Sweet haircut, beautiful wife, three awesome kids, Right? The American dream is, you know, to find a husband or wife, get some kids, some pets. We went through pets. We're we're done with that for now. Um, You know, friends, just meaningful things in your life, meaningful people in your life. If you look at the next slide, this is more reality. That's, it's crazy town, right? It it looks great in pictures. The the truth is, this is hard work, and and you, you lose a little bit of your mind on some days, right? Um, <clears throat> it's, it's the American dream. Proverbs 18.22 says that whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord, all right? So, you know, we know that it's a good thing to find a wife. I don't, I don't know if it's a good thing to find a husband, ladies. I, I haven't seen the opposite verse yet. So I'm just gonna make one up. I think, like, whoso findeth a husband findeth job security, I, I, think, I think that's how that works out. I'm not sure. So, you know, whatever, whatever job that is, it's, it's never done. Um, Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4 says, Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding is it, it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Man, the, the Lord has provided us some incredible wisdom that we can mine gems out of, right? And we can, we can invest those in people, and those are the precious and, and pleasant riches that we have in life. It's, it's the people, right? So what we're going to do next, we're going to look at seven steps to building a godly home, right? So since we've been looking at building relationships, we're going to look at building actual homes. We're going to have some pictures up here in a minute, and we're going to compare what building a relationship is kind of similar to building a home, right? Building a physical home and, and building a, a, a family. And, and hopefully this will give you a good picture, just some things to help you remember, and, and it'll be good and practical. Um, <clears throat> uh, one other thing that I, I had in my notes here I wanted to point out, uh, some of the stuff I, I just, just going to say, it, I ripped it off of a book, right? I, there was just some good practical principles in a book called Going All the Way by Craig Groeschel. If you've ever heard of him, I, I hadn't. Um, it's a good book. It's, it, it's going all the way because you want to find somebody and marry them and go all the way the rest of your life together. Right? You don't want to crash and burn. You don't want it to, to be a disaster like so many of the relationships that we see. So, so he, he compares you know, the different stages of relationships to shifting gears in a car. All right? I stole some of those ideas. He only has five. We have seven. 
because that's more biblical, I think. I don't know. <laughs> we have seven, because God likes the number seven. No, I, I think you know, he had some good principles and some good starts, and I've taken those things, and we've, we've shifted it to uh, the construction world, and so you'll see that in a minute. Uh, the, verse that, the verses that we've been spending a lot of time in, we've, we've read these verses the last probably four or five weeks, is Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And we're talking about building a home with, with people that we love, right? We're, we're talking about building these relationships. So he, a wise man builds it the way Christ says. He says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and they beat on that house, beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall not, or shall doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Right? What what are the most painful things we experience in life? Broken relationships. It's always a great fall when a close relationship fails, isn't it? It, it's a terrible thing, and so we want to build our relationships the way God says so, so that when the storms come, and, and they will come, life is full of storms and challenges and difficulties. When those come, and they beat upon your house, it doesn't fall because you're founded on the rock. All right, so how many of you have ever heard the terms having grounds for divorce? Anybody ever heard that? It's not used that much anymore. Basically, that term used to mean you had to have a legitimate reason to get divorced, right? You could go to the court and say, we want to get a divorce, and they said, you have grounds for a divorce. Oh, well, I don't like him anymore. We fell out of love. Well, work it out, right? It, it didn't used to just be, we're done. Oh, okay, you're done, sign here, you sign there, right? You used to have to have grounds for divorce. Well, what I think we ought to be doing is, is looking at it the opposite and see if we actually have grounds for marriage, right? Let's, let's start intentionally on the opposite side of the spectrum, and let's start doing some things on purpose, looking ahead each step, and see if we actually have grounds for marriage, right? We want to we stop just allowing the flesh to determine what we do, reactionary, all along the way. We don't want to just keep making decisions in the moment based upon what we feel is right at the time. Most of the time, that's going gonna, that's gonna to betray you, right? We want to we plan ahead. We want to know what we're doing. So the first image we have, we want to build on the, on the right material, right? So what are these guys doing? They're surveying the land. This building that we're in right now, a couple of years ago, before we built this, we brought a couple of backhoes out, and we dug eight-foot-deep holes to see what was under the ground. Why? To see if it could hold this building, right? We, we had to know what was under the ground to see if you can put a building on top of it, and, and there was all kinds of water, so we, we had to plan ahead and, and divert the water around and drain it, and we had to make all of these, you know, we had to take all of these different precautions to make sure that when we built this building, it would stand firm on solid ground, right? So that's, that's what we've got to do. Not only do, do we have to look to see if we have grounds for marriage, we've got to put it on the right ground. We've got we've to put it on Christ, and that's what we've been looking at uh, in, in previous weeks. So we did test sites, or we, we dug test site here, and, and we found that the, the foundation was good, or, or what's under the foundation. 
Number two is a foundation with Christ alone, and we've seen this as well. We have another image there. So there's just a foundation, right? They, they figured out what kind of dirt to put it on, and they start putting the foundation in. Right? This, is, this is what we've seen. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus saith unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Right? The first thing we need to do, the, the, the foundation is that relationship with Christ. Right? So if, if the relationship with Christ is the foundation, deciding you want to do it was, was the test ground, right? the ground that we looked at. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11 says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Okay, so Christ, a relationship with Christ, is that foundation. Ephesians 2.20 says, And we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. All right, that's, that's talking about the body of Christ. That's talking about the church. But we always start with Christ. Right? The cornerstone is where they set everything else to. And then Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. That's maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. The foundation, you lay it one time, right? Faith in Christ, repentance from your dead works. Right? We, we repent of our sins. We move away from those things. We place our faith in Christ and we start to follow him. That's the foundation. All right, so after most of these, I've got a, a, a notice here on your, on your study sheet. And it says, notice the foundation of lasting godly relationships is just you and God. Right? We, we saw that we're not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, Right? You, you, obviously, you shouldn't be getting married with somebody who, who doesn't believe in Christ, doesn't believe the things that you believe. But the foundation to that relationship, it needs to be you and Jesus. Right? And that was the first great commandment. Right? Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Right? You give him everything, and then everybody else. And then everything else that I said falls under that. All the law and prophets falls under those things. So the foundation to lasting godly relationships is a mature relationship with Christ. Working on what he says you need to work on. We talked about coming to the mirror of God's word, didn't we? You, you come to his word, he shows you something true about yourself. Most of the time you don't like what you see. But then he shows you something true about himself. And he says, I want to make you look like that. Will you let me change you? Will you let me work inside your heart? And we say, okay, okay I, don't, I don't like the way it feels to have my flaws pointed out, Lord, but, but I do want to look like that. My life is yours, okay? And he, he goes to work inside of us. So the foundation is all about that relationship between ourselves and God. So we're talking about dating. We're, we're going to get there. Number three is the framework 
of friendship. All right, so you start with the ground, you build a foundation, and then you put up some framework. We've got another picture. So this is, this is how you should treat your brothers and sisters in Christ, right? You don't have time to invest heavily in everybody that you know. I get it. But your heart attitude towards all your brothers and sisters in Christ ought to be the same. You're building a framework of honor, of love, respect, honesty, and you're building that into the lives of your brothers and sisters in Christ. In the process, you're, you're exercising these qualities in yourself. Right? You're, you're, you're building the walls that are going to set the framework for what the house is going to look like. You're putting the walls in place. You're putting things in place that God says this ought to be in place in your life, in your relationships, all of them ought to be this way. How are you going to be, how are you going to have a meaningful relationship with one individual person when you can't love your brothers and sisters in Christ? When you can't be a true friend to them? Romans 12.10 says, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. That means putting one another before your own needs. If you can't do that for anybody else, how are you going to do that for your boyfriend, for your girlfriend? And if you haven't done that for your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you're not going to start doing it as soon as you put a ring on. That's just the, the facts. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Is it easy for you to forgive? That's a tough one. Ephesians 5.21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I don't want to submit to anybody. That's a tough one too. Colossians 3.9, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. We need to be honest. James 5.16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You ought to have friends that you can confess even the worst of yourself in. And they're still your friends, and, and they help you through those times. 1 Peter 4, 9 and 10 says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Can you do good things for each other without holding it against them? Keeping track, keeping, keeping score? As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. That's, again, thinking about others before yourself. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So the notice here is, is you're not dating yet, right? So you're, you're building the framework of friendships. You're building these things into to your life, into the relationships in your life. And you know, what, you know what's automatic? Physical attraction. You don't, you don't have to say, I wonder if, wonder if I'm attracted to her. I wonder if I think she's pretty. I don't know, Lord. What, what do you think, Lord? Do, do I think she, No. Right, that one's automatic. We know, we know those things, right? So our qualifications are like, be not unequally yoked, so she's got to be Christian. And she's got to be cute. Is that it? Look, the list's got to go on a little bit longer than that, right? It's got to be a little bit, little bit deeper. Those are the automatics. We know those things. The notice here is you're not dating yet. Your focus is on building godly friendships. All right, you're, you're looking to see Point number four, is there dating potential? Right? Again, we, we know who's cute. 
We know who we're attracted to. There's probably a list of them. How do I narrow that list down? Lord, because you know, polygamy's not cool. That's not a thing. That's not okay. And, and certainly, <laughs> they're not gonna be okay with that. That's crazy talk. So da- do they have dating potential? Does it go further than, is she cute, is she Christian? It has to, right? And so you've gotta build that framework of qualifications, of, of, of relationships. And, and those things will help set boundaries for you. Uh, the fourth one we have is the dating potential. And, and this is where you're, you're putting walls and the roof on. Right? Why, why do we put walls and the roof on the house? Why, why is that this step? Because the next step, you've got to put stuff in the house that can't be hit with elements, right? You can't put electrical in without a roof. You've got to keep it out of the wind and out of the rain and all of those things, right? There, there are certain steps that you've got to follow so that you're ready for the next thing that needs to be done. Relationships are the same way. There are things you need to put into your life. You need to have meaningful friendships, and you need to be living those friendships out according to those verses we just saw. Before you're ready to commit to doing those things to one individual. Right? We, we've got to be able to do these things in order. So this is the stuff you put in place to protect you from the elements. If you don't have this, you don't move forward. Right? You wouldn't move for, forward with a house. Why would you move forward in a relationship? You're not protected from things that might come next. All right, so, so this, is, this is making determinations. Right? These will serve as barriers. These will serve to keep your uh, fleshly reactions to a minimum, right? It'll keep you from being reactionary in all of your relationship decisions. Well, a girl comes along, she's cute, she's Christian, and she, she wants to go out with me. That's enough for me. For, forget that she's completely selfish. Forget that that she's just lying and saying what you want to hear. Forget that he, he doesn't really care about you. He's telling you everything you want to hear. Forget all those things. No, those things have to be in place, right? You need some protection from what comes next. All right, so that'll keep us from the, the bad, impulsive decisions. You need to determine some of these things and eliminate people from the cute Christian list as you go, right? Honestly, there's, there's a lot of character traits that are offensive, <laughs> And if you don't find out ahead of time, you're going to end up too far down the road and not know what to do with yourself or with that other person. All right, so before you move too quickly, it's worth evaluating. All right, and, and so it's okay to have high standards. You might be lonely for longer. And, if, and honestly, if I'm just being honest, if your standards are too high, you might be lonely for a long, long time. But there are some things you don't compromise on. And we've seen those in, in recent weeks. So that being said, there, there are some boxes. You, you, you want to check as many boxes as you can. Does he, does he have this? Does he do this? Does he listen to the Lord? And we're going to look at some of those here in just a minute. But there's, you know, there's some that God's actually going to use. They didn't check this box. Mm, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. I don't know. God might just use that to wear something away in your life that shouldn't be there anyway. It's worth evaluating. So make sure the areas that that you're willing to compromise in 
don't allow for the weather to get in, right? The, those things don't allow the mess to get in and, and make things worse. So I don't have any verses in this section, but I do have some questions, and, and they're on your sheet. Is this person becoming more like Christ? You've, you've got a good friendship with them. You've seen them around other people. You hear them talk. Look, everybody can talk a good talk. So at least what you've seen doesn't measure up. Because you know what somebody can't fake? Not caring. <laughs> I mean, if, at least they can fake and pretend to care. If they don't care, it's quite obvious, right? So that's, okay, that cute Christian off the list. They don't care. They care enough to tell me what I want to hear. Okay, well, they've made it to, to round two, <laughs> whatever. Does this person have a strong and growing character? Does this person have the right kinds of friends? Is this person responsible, mature? We're talking finances, emotions, relationships, intellectually, right? Those are important things. You don't have to be a genius to marry a genius, but it might drive one of them nuts. I don't know. Jenny's a whole lot smarter than me. Ask her. <laughs> She's the genius of this, this operation. It, it's a fair question to ask, is my attraction growing? Remember, the attraction's automatic. Are there godly characters that are even more attractive? The virtuous woman of, of Proverbs 31 is, is said to be very attractive, but it's, it's what she does, it's who she is, it's the character of the person that, that attracts the man. Ask yourself this question, if, if this guy or if this girl, I didn't put this on your sheet, if this guy or this girl is not attractive, would I spend any time at all with that person having those traits? If, if they weren't attractive at all, if I didn't have that distracting me, would I, pu would I put up with the way they treat me or the way they talk to people? Would that attract me or push me away? Those are important questions to ask. Do people that I respect think highly of him or her? Why do you respect them? Do they tell you the truth? Well, chances are good they're going to tell you the truth about him or her as well. Are you growing in your understanding of each other, and do you like what you see? And, and the next question, can you make it exclusive? One way that putting the roof on make, keeps the elements out, one, one way you can put a roof on things to figure out if, if this is worth going any further is to make it exclusive and say, hey, I'm, I've checked all the other cute Christians off my list. It's just down to you, baby. Right. Probably wouldn't want to say it that way. I did not say it that way. That's, that's, that's yeah. If, if you're not worried about who else they're looking at and who else they're trying to get to know better, man, that, that protects you from some different thoughts, doesn't it? It's, it's possible. All, all of these boxes are checked. We're heading the right direction. This person has dating potential. Hopefully I do. We talked about that too, right? Don't, don't shoot for a 10 if you're only a 2. Don't ask for a 10. You, you shoot, shoot for the stars. I mean, whatever. But don't ask God for a 10 when, when you won't listen to anything he's telling you to do. Because he's not going to give you to somebody that loves him and, and is serving him. So the notice here is, like you're starting to date, you're starting to, to, to figure out, can we go further with this? 
The notice is you're not married. And you should not be acting as though you are. All right, so what does that mean? That means when, when you come across things like Ephesians chapter 5 and you see that, that the husband is to love his wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, and, and the wife is to submit to Christ as the church submits to God, you, you see those things, and those are awesome things for some day, but in a dating relationship, you are one man and one woman, both in individual relationships with God. He does not answer to you, you do not answer to him, you are not one flesh until you're married. All right, so if, if I have a guy come up to me and say something like, you know, hey man, I'm trying to lead her, but she just, she just won't do anything I tell her to do. I'll probably say, stop being a moron. <laughs> You're an idiot. What are you doing? She doesn't have to submit to you. She submits to the Lord. Now, you might have great ideas and wonderful intentions, but her relationship depends on him and him guiding her. And you should be having the same thing. Right? Don't act like you're married. Don't, don't get things out of order. Because when we get things out of order, what happens? All kinds of pressure happens. We, we want to try to perform at a level we're not ready for. We want to try to be somebody we're not ready to be. We, we have responsibilities we have no idea how to carry. We have a relationship that's gone too far too fast, and I, I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do here. I'm not supposed to be here, that's why. We skipped some steps, all right? The fifth one, so we, we said, okay, is this person dating material for, for number four? You, you date for a while, yes, they're dating material, it's exclusive, I'm not, I'm not looking you know, to anybody else, I just want to work on this relationship. The next thing to, to evaluate, and, and I don't have a time frame on this, the next thing to evaluate is, is this person marriage material? Jenny and I dated for three and a half years, is that correct? Three years before we were engaged. I'm checking my dates. Not only is she a genius, she is our calendar keeper because she remembers stuff and I don't. This is, this is all about how this individual that you're interested in taking life to the next step with, how do they deal with life? What are they doing in their life? And this, this takes time to figure out. The fifth image, you got another picture up here. This is where you start, you got a roof on, you got walls on, the elements can't get in. We're going to put the electrical in, we're going to put the plumbing in, excuse me. And, and you know what this is? This is what powers them, and how do they get rid of the junk? Right? Isn't that what electrical and plumbing is for? Electrical gives you power. What, what gives you life and moves you and motivates you? Plumbing does what? It brings in fresh water that you need to live. Where do we get our living water? We get it from the Word of God, don't we? Right? Watch this person. Do they just say all the right things, or do they get living water from God's word? Are they powered and motivated by what God has in front of them, or are they just never satisfied and always motivated by getting the next step, the next thing? This relationship's taken too long. We need the next thing. Whoa, whoa, that's dangerous. 
That's, that's not what's supposed to be motivating you. And how do they get rid of the junk? Right? We use plumbing to get rid of the junk. That's, that's where the waste goes. And, and how does God chip away at our waste? He uses time. He uses circumstances, doesn't he? God cranks up the heat in your life, and, and he says be long-suffering. We've talked about that. How long? Until the junk's gone. Until I can flush it out. <sighs> how do they get rid of the junk in their life? This is the time. We've got some notes here. You seek advice and accountability from your mentors. How does he or she deal with people? You need to get to know their families. How do they get along with their parents? How does he treat his mama? Because that's the treatment you're going to get someday. Talk about life, hurts, dreams. See, if you do some of these things ahead of the time, some of them are okay, because you just know their parents already. But if you take it too far, too fast, and you start thinking about these things before you establish that, okay, yes, we can be good friends. We've got these boundaries in place. Yes, we can be exclusive. We've got these boundaries in place. If you start here, you don't know all the other stuff about them. And if you start here, you've got all that pressure that we can't back out now. We're too far along. I can't step back. I can't possibly do that to them. That would be unloving. Moving forward with them in misery is more unloving yet. How do they deal with trials? How do they react when you say no? There was a guy that was around here for a lot of years said, look, everybody's your best friend until you tell them no. Everybody loves you, wants to get along and hang out with you, and then you tell them no, and you're off the list. How do they react? How do they react when life circumstances tell them no? I.e. God. Right? I want this, God. No. But I want this, God. No. I'm going to take this, God. Okay. Have fun with that. And, and life's crumbling around them because of the decisions they're making, because they're pushing God away. And, and you know, there's the example of the orange, right? What do you get when you squeeze an orange? Hopefully, nice fresh orange juice, right? What do you get when you squeeze a rotten orange? It might look the same. Sometimes they start looking, you know, a little discolored. Sometimes we get those little, the cuties, and you peel those things, and they peel real nice and easy, and you stick it in your mouth, and there's like no juice in it, and it's disgusting. If I would have squeezed it, nothing would have come out. What, what comes out of you when life squeezes you? What comes out of you when, when the pressure's on? You can't just know these things. God uses time and he uses circumstances to squeeze us. So either the waste comes out and he gets rid of it, or we can see, look, this, this person's for real. They mean it. They really do want to follow God. They really do have the Lord living inside. Because he comes out every time life gets tough. So the notice here is that you, you're still not married. Don't act like you're married. If you've made bad decisions up to this point, it's only going to grow more difficult in order to correct it. Do not move forward without serious counsel. Right? If we, we just don't get along, life is, is tough, 
if, if, we just, if we just get married, that, that'll solve it all. Look, if you haven't listened to God thus far, if you've been fighting with each other thus far, this magic ring, <laughs> it doesn't do anything but, but up the pressure. Now you can't fail, but you're failing. What do you do with that? The ring doesn't do anything but add pressure and more expectations that you weren't ready for in the first place. Don't move forward until you know that all of those people that, that you respect have seen this person tested and tried and proven. Look, nobody's going to be perfect. And God's going to use that person's imperfections to, to work on your imperfections. That's, that's just the way it goes. Jenny and I see opposite most of the time. Most of the time she's right. I, I will give her that. But we don't often look at things the same way. And God uses that to bring us to the way he actually wants us to look at it. The next step, we've got engagement. <clears throat> so if, if this person truly is marriage material and you've sought counsel like crazy and you've given God enough time to show you the truth and, and you've seen it and you both agree and, and it's, man, this, is, this, this can be an awesome thing. The, the next picture is finishing the interior walls and floors, fixtures, right? That looks nice. That's, that's the stuff. I, I mean, I don't know about the colors and stuff. I just picked a picture. <laughs> it looks nicer than a, a studded wall with, you know, insulation wrap on the outside. The nice thing about the colors, you can change those. We'll get to that next. It, 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 you're finishing the building. This is the time in your relationship that you talk about career choices if you don't already know that. Living arrangements after marriage. Look, if you're talking about how many kids you're going to have and where you're going to live together when you first start dating, you're putting yourself in a position you're not ready to be in. You're, you're talking about things, look, that's, we worry about those details later. Those are the fun details to talk about when it's time to talk about them. Don't talk about those things and add pressure to who you need to be. Don't even worry about it yet. There'll be time for it. Living arrangements after marriage, financial plans, earnings, budgeting, savings, shared values, dealing with and eliminating debt. Philosophy for raising children, how many, how long to wait after marriage. Where are you going to serve together in church, apart in church? What are you going to serve? Plan for spiritual growth together. And, and getting specific premarital counseling is, is key here. Because the next step is there's no turning back. Right? There's always turning back until there's no turning back. But it just gets harder and harder and harder each step you take, doesn't it? The pressure gets more and more and more. I can't fail, I can't fail, I can't fail. We've gone too far, but I can't go back. And it's, it's never too late to do it right. It's never too late to, to do what God wants you to do. Um, on the financial plans, this is just something that popped in my head. Jenny and I, when we were engaged, finally, she says finally, it was three long years. I was going to school at the time. And uh, we got engaged, and we started talking about some of those things, and, and we determined, you know, she was working at Staples at the time. Is that right? After we got married, she, she worked at the church for a year before we had, or a couple years, whatever. And uh, we, we determined 
once we started having kids, the plan was she wouldn't work anymore. And the storms came, you know, and the children came, and then the storms. The children are not storms. <laughs> they're, they're different kind of storms. <laughs> and specifically tornadoes. They're, they spin and make messes. The, uh, you know, storms came and finances dropped out of the bottom and we had nothing. And, and she said, should I get a job? Do you think God wants me to go to work? Well, no, we, we decided when we were engaged that, that the Lord wanted me to be the provider and you to be at home. That doesn't mean anything for anybody else. Okay? We said that at the beginning. This is what we determined. And so we stuck with that and God has blessed that every single time. We were able to come back to what did we decide when, when we were planning some of these things together? Now, when we planned, would we say four kids or five kids? We got to two and we were like, holy cow, what, <laughs> what were we thinking? Right? So you adjust some plans. There's other plans that you make in faith that God wants you to do this and he's going to take care of you. You just stick with him. And he's going to stick with you. And that's what we've done. And, and you know, we, we drive whatever car works for as long as it works, and then we move to the next one. It doesn't matter. Because we have the first pictures, right? We, we've got our family that we're worried about that. We're, we're worried about those things. The, all the other, you know, the nice car comes later after the kids stop ruining stuff. That's just, that's later. We'll worry about that later. The notice on this one is you're still not married, and this is going to be a major test. Finish strong. So you've made it through all of the steps. You, you've, this, this is the person I want to marry. He's, he's finally asked. You finally asked her. She said yes. You know, somebody came to me and, and said, you know, I want to get engaged. Oh, when you, when you plan on getting married? Oh, not for a couple years. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. You're crazy, man. And, and look, everybody has different circumstances. Maybe it's a, a distance thing. Maybe it's a whatever. I don't know. I'm not, my advice, my personal advice is spend the time in all those stages beforehand. Spend the time. Do those stages right so that when, when it's time to get engaged, you can just do that sucker as quick as you can. Get the ring on and happily ever after, right? Because, because when you get that initial ring on, the pressure ups again. And the temptations go through the roof. And you feel things you didn't think you were going to feel. And controlling temptations is harder than it ever was. Because she has said, I do, and we're just, we're just mere months away. Why, why wouldn't we just compromise at all? He's mine, she's mine, we'll be one. Man, finish strong. You've worked so hard up to this point. You need to take your time through all the other stages and do them right. Because when you finish strong, that testimony stays intact as well. Right? Your, your testimony to those around you stays intact and and when they look at you, they see a man who loves his girl enough to put his desires aside until it's the right time. A, a woman who loves her man enough to say, no, it's not time. To do it the right way. 
to glorify God, to give him the credit, right? Not to mention, (laughs) what you compromise now absolutely comes with you later. Because you know what the flesh does? And I'll try to be as nice about this as possible. The flesh says, I want want sex now. I want sex before marriage. I want that now. And and it says it, and it says it, and it says it, and it says it. And it, it says it because it's the opposite of what God wants. God said, look, that thing is beautiful. It's perfect. It's what I made it to be, but I made it to exist here. Within this safety, within these boundaries, this is how I made it. And I made it beautiful. But when you abuse it, it becomes ugly, and it messes with you, and it, and it changes you, and it changes your relationship, and things aren't right. And, and as soon as you put that ring on, God says, now, now go for it. That's now yours. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's, well, what, your flesh doesn't want it now? And look, your flesh wants it, but, but your flesh does the opposite of what God wants. And, and that thing that was supposed to be beautiful is going to be a wreck because you took it when it wasn't time. And, and it doesn't mean that if you've already made mistakes that it's too late. God, it's, it's never too late with God. Right? Now is the time to set it right. Now is the time to start following his, his steps because at the end of his direction, at the end of his steps, is a home built on the rock. And he will stand you up in the storm and hold you up in the storm. The last stage is marriage. I just put to be continued on there because I knew we'd run out of time. Um, I brought this connection card here. We, on Sunday mornings, we, we always have in the main service, we say, you know, if if you're a guest here, fill this card out. Let us know who you are. If you've got any prayer requests, put them on the back. We say this every week. And this one, I, I, I hope the person's not in here. I'm not meaning to embarrass anybody, but they didn't put their name on it anyway. So this is an, anonym, an anonymous request. And I just want you to hear it. This came in a while ago. Pray that my boyfriend will come to church. That's all it says. And that's... That's a great, I mean, everybody ought to come to church. I'm not trying to, to beat on somebody, but, but think about the perspective here. I'm going to choose what I'm going to choose, and then I'm going to ask God to make it work for me. Or, or we could do it God's way. And, and, and I, I'll go to church, and, and I'll work on my relationship with God, and if that guy comes, he comes, and hopefully... He follows God, and, and that'll work out someday, but you, you see the principle there? I can do it my way and, and hope that God agrees and, and beg him to fix people in my life that, that I compromise with, or, or whatever that is, or, or I can just do what God said in the first place and hang on to those promises that he gives me at the end of that. Because they're incredible promises. Relationships that last through the storms of life. How many of you have seen storms in life? How many of you have seen storms in life destroy people in your life? And relationships in your life? I mean, how many of you have experienced divorce in your home? Whether, you know, your parents or whatever. Man, I want, 
I want a relationship that can withstand that stuff. Not avoid it, it's going to happen. I want to be able to make it through. I want to be able to make it to the other side with Jenny saying, wow, that was hard. We made it. Thanks for sticking by me. You know, I've never, I mean, I feel bad for Jenny. Pray for Jenny. (laughs) I feel bad for her sometimes, but I have never, ever feared her not being there. I have never had the anxiety or the insecurity that she didn't love me. Now, in, in an argument, in the moment, I may feel very disrespected, but I probably started it. I've never doubted for an instant that she loves me, she's going to be there for me. I mean, she puts up with a lot. <laughs> she deals with a lot. But that's just not there. We're going to make it through this. This is tough. This, is t- this conversation, you know, if you've been in a relationship for long, you, you, get a, you get a look, you get a tone, you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to be one of those. And, and, but you know you're going to make it through. I mean, don't you want that? Don't you want those relationships that you just, we're going to make it through? She's not going to be happy with me because I'm going to say stupid stuff. But we're going to make it through. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much for your guidance and, and direction and thank you that you give us principles and wisdom and, and all kinds of scripture to, to know what to do and how to live and what decisions to make in our relationships. Lord, we do all desire to have relationships that last through the tough stuff. I pray that you help us to make the right decisions. I, I pray that you help us to stick by the stuff, to stick by you no matter what every everybody or anybody else is saying we're going to do it your way we're going to choose the path that's narrow we're going to have high standards we're going to stick to the stuff and we're going to wait on your promises as long as it takes Lord, we love you so much we're so thankful that you want us to have those blessings Lord, i pray that if anybody here tonight does not know you as personal savior lord that they would they would come talk to somebody It all starts there. It all starts with the foundation of a relationship with Christ. Lord, we love you. We pray that you've been glorified tonight and that uh, we can take these things out and apply them. Uh, We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.